Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Hormones and Harmony podcast. I can't believe it's been a whole year since the podcast was released, early 2019, and now we're on episode 52, which is crazy, and I've loved every single minute of recording the podcast. At first, I was a little bit apprehensive. I didn't know if it was the right move. I kind of maxed out my blog a little bit, and that was my main mode of content creation. But I wanted to switch it up and give people something to listen to on their way to work. And I saw all of these other podcasts that just weren't giving accurate information or the practitioners weren't giving any practical advice, which I think is frustrating. And there wasn't many actually on hormone health either, hence why I wanted to enter into the space and put my stamp on it and give you some more information to educate yourself and empower yourself. And this is one of my favorite aspects of my job now. I don't actually make any money off it, but it helps me reach more people. And I love seeing when you share episodes that you're enjoying, guests that you've loved. And as always, if you've got any suggestions for subjects that you want me to cover, guests that you want to see in the new year, please let me know. Send me an email, send me a message on Instagram because I always want to make content that's going to be relevant and useful for you guys. So one favor before we get started with the podcast today that would really help me grow the podcast and share it with more people this year and get in in front of um, more women in need would be to please rate and review the podcast if you haven't already as this is the only way that my podcast can really grow and if you could do a quick review on whatever platform that you're listening on whether that's iTunes or Spotify or YouTube just give it a quick like please give it some love So today's episode, we're talking about the physical signs of imbalances on your face, your tongue and your nails. So what's your body trying to tell you by the way that you look? And there are maybe physical or external things that can drive this. So if you've got a cut on your arm from scraping it against a wall, then that's because of that. But if there's something happening and you don't know why it could be due to an internal imbalance whether that's a nutrient deficiency or hormone imbalance we want to listen to our body rather than masking it with creams and plasters we want to get to the root cause that's my whole ethos and i'm not going to go into like every single symptom that you can experience because i'd be here forever but these are the most common ones that i see with clients definitely pay attention if you're driving right now don't be looking in the mirror or investigating these symptoms whilst you're driving that's not great but when you get home or if you want to pause this and come back to it when you can take a minute and just have a quick look over your body see what i'm talking about and see if you're dealing with any of these things you should be doing this anyway just for general maintenance like if you do a breast examination every month which you should be 
doing a quick look at your tongue, a quick look at your nails and your skin, see if there's anything off and make a note of that and monitor things as you change your diet and your lifestyle because these things will definitely change as well, which is good. So there are going to be things that don't resonate with you and this is just general advice as always. There could be other reasons that you had these symptoms, so please go and get them checked out if you're concerned by a holistic practitioner, naturopath or doctor, whoever you work with. But just be aware if you go to your doctor and say, I have a yin deficiency in this organ, they're not going to know anything that you're talking about and think you're crazy, so bear that in mind too. Let's start off with the face. This is something that people see every single day and if you have acne, for example, it, it can be a self-conscious thing for you to have to go out and you think people are staring at you all the time. The other things that you may be dealing with on your scalp and it can just be a, a frustrating and um, pretty sensitive subject for some. The first one that I want to talk about is dandruff. It could be that you have a dry scalp caused by low thyroid function and nutrient deficiencies, particularly zinc, essential fatty acids, and B vitamins. So you know if it, you probably know that it's dry if it's a little bit itchy, it gets worse in winter, um, your hair's also dry, and when you feel the flakes, they're dry and scaly. If you have the nutrient deficiencies, obviously optimizing those, so increasing zinc-rich foods or considering a supplement if that's right for you, Zinc rich food would be like oysters and red meat and organ meats are the best forms. Essential fatty acids from wild caught, wild caught oily fish, ideally, or something like a cod liver oil supplement. And B vitamins as well from diet, red meats, animal protein, eggs, and a supplement. I think most people could benefit from a supplement. Just make sure it's methylated in the active form B vitamins, not one that contains folic acid, ideally. So that's the dry scalp that can contribute to um, dandruff. Now, oily, oily skin and oily scalp can also cause dandruff. There's a condition called seborrheic dermatitis, which is a common reason for this. And the dandruff tends to occur mainly in the hairline, so just at the front of the head, sometimes on the eyebrows, sometimes at the side of the nose or the face as well. And I've had that in the past, and it's quite frustrating. It can be itchy too but the flakes are more oily and sometimes your hair's more oily. This could be due to high hormone levels and nutrient deficiencies, particularly zinc. High cortisol can cause this. So if you're on stress overdrive, your adrenals are worn out, then you could just be producing too much sebum. This can come out through the scalp, but also the skin. So you might also have acne at the same time, or it could be due to high androgens, which are male hormones. Um, women with PCOS tend to have have this present and have dandruff along with acne and along with other symptoms so that's dandruff you can get things like medicated shampoos from doctors but they're pretty toxic so i would recommend avoiding that i like to recommend scalp rinse with apple cider vinegar so you can google for recipes and things but 50 percent filtered water and 50 percent raw apple cider vinegar would be a nice place to start or just add a few tablespoons of apple cider vinegar to a jug of water and then rinse that over your head once you've shampooed. And don't worry, the smell does disappear a few hours after washing, so you're not going to smell like a fish and chip shop for the rest of the day. Eye twitches can be due to, commonly, a magnesium deficiency. So magnesium's a relaxation mineral, 
and it helps us feel calm. It helps to relieve spasms and twitches. So when we're deficient, these things can get worse. So leg cramps and eye twitches and stomach cramps as well all very common and you may have noticed that it's worse when you're run down or extra tired or overworked and that's because stress and overworking depletes magnesium so a simple fix here would be to reduce the stress get more sleep um, have a break from work if needed and the christmas period probably a good time and everyone's back in work at the moment so when trying to overcome this optimizing magnesium rich foods like green leafy vegetables and fish and, and certain nuts and seeds have magnesium as well and dark chocolate can be a good one and also increasing supplement wise most people do benefit from a magnesium supplement i prefer the glycinate form and make sure you get a good amount of that as well because it is needed in high amounts but check with your doctor or practitioner if you're taking any medications or you're not sure and you can do things like epsom salt baths or magnesium oil sprays as well i wouldn't spray it near your face but putting it on the soles of your feet or taking an epsom salt bath a few times a week could be a good thing to try overly wax the ears so it's normal that we have wax in our ears but it shouldn't be excessive you shouldn't need to clean them every day you shouldn't be using things like q-tips or cotton buds in there anyway because it can push things deeper into the eardrum and cause problems it could be due to an infection if you notice an increased waxiness of your ears so check that out with a doctor if you're concerned or if you have any pain associated but i commonly see that happen due to um, a dairy sensitivity that's underlying more frequently in children and teens um, you tend to see more of the ear nose and throat issues so ear infections and grommets needed and adenoid removal sore throats tonsillitis respiratory infections are commonly are probably nine out of ten, ten times due to an underlying dairy sensitivity and people are really confused by this because they think they must have diarrhea or bloating after eating dairy if they were sensitive so because they don't have that they feel like they're fine and over time kids can grow out of some of these symptoms so maybe they don't have tonsillitis as much or they've had them removed so that isn't a problem anymore but if you're still eating dairy and you're sensitive, your immune system shifts as you get older. And that sensitivity can now come out in other inflammatory symptoms like menstrual cramps that are terrible or you have skin rashes and eczema and acne or you have IBS now and digestive issues have started. And it could all be stemming from a dairy sensitivity in childhood. So give it a go and stop it for a few weeks and see if it clears up. Dairy can be mucus forming when you're sensitive as well. It may not be a problem at all. So give it a go, eliminate it for 30 to 60 days, see how you feel, then bring it back in. I think people would benefit from that a lot of the time anyway, just for general health and just to see, because you don't know if you're sensitive to something unless you try it. Losing the outer third of your eyebrow. I absolutely had this and it wasn't due to overplucking. I was really careful about that and avoided it because my mum was like, don't make that mistake, I did, don't overpluck your eyebrows. Uh, but my eyebrows, when I was um, pretty sick, the last third of my eyebrow did start to thin and then fall out, and I would have to just draw it on every day. And they have definitely grown back, which is great. But this is typically due to a thyroid issue. 
most commonly underactive thyroid or hypothyroid as opposed to hyperthyroid and overactive thyroid. That's less common, but it can affect the hair on your head, the hair on your face, the hair on your body, either way. So thyroid's important for metabolism and growth cycles. So if your thyroid's sluggish, your hair can start to thin. Sometimes the loss of your eye, outer third of your eyebrow can be one of the first signs that your thyroid's out of whack. And then that can move on to more serious things like hair loss on the head or hair thinning or fatigue or depression, anxiety or other thyroid symptoms. So I recommend getting your full thyroid panel tested by your doctor. Make sure you ask for the results and check those over with a practitioner who looks at things optimally and functionally because the NHS or conventional levels are pretty poor and you can't just go off those because you don't want to just be an average of the general population. You want to be in optimal health. And even the slightest deviation with a thyroid marker can lead to this. So you really want to nip it in the bud while you can. If it does turn out to be a thyroid issue, then um, also asking for the antibodies to be run because the most common the most common reason for low thyroid is Hashimoto's, so an autoimmune thyroid condition. If it is the case, then the focus is going to be on your gut and your immune system. While it is an autoimmune condition, so maybe doing a GI MAP test, looking at gut health and infections like H. pylori and parasites, ruling those out, optimizing stomach acid levels, optimizing nutrient status like zinc and selenium and tyrosine and B vitamins, B12 in particular for thyroid health, avoiding halogens, which are compounds in the same family as iodine like bromine and fluoride and chlorine because they displace iodine and can affect thyroid function as well and we've got many episodes on thyroid health that you can refer back to if you want more information on that if you have cuts at the corner of your mouth this is called angular chelitis the technical term it could often be due to a b vitamin deficiency particularly b2 riboflavin B3, niacin, and B12. It could also be due to low iron as well. And I remember having this um, many years ago. And every time I opened my mouth, my mouth would split and it could sometimes get infected. It was really painful. And when you used toothpaste or drank something, it would sting and it would burn. So you definitely want to try and avoid that or overcome it as quickly as possible just to prevent those things from happening dehydration as well can lead to this because if your tissues are dried out then they're more likely to split and it's worse in the colder months too because the combination of the cold and dehydration it's just worse overall and it's a common time for people to experience this and excess saliva in the area so if you're someone who like licks your lips a lot then that can definitely dry them out too so to overcome this increasing your intake of b vitamin rich foods iron rich foods so we've mentioned some of those before organ meats would be absolutely fantastic to have once a week something like chicken livers and it's one of the best ways to bump up your nutrient levels dehydration so increasing fluid intake you could be one of those people who drink a lot of fluid anyway but just still feel dehydrated you have headaches you have dry skin you have constipation and it could be that you're not actually absorbing or retaining that fluid and it's just going straight through I like to recommend adding sole water, which is pink Himalayan salt charged water. You can find a recipe online for that, S-O-L-E, water. And it's basically pink salt in water. And you take a mixture of that 
put a spoonful in your drink first thing and then that really helps to remineralize the body helps nobody to retain the fluid and the um dehydration from the drink and just adding salt to food in general optimizing mineral balance so i use her tissue mineral analysis and this could help with looking at your iron levels and some other minerals in the body which could be contributing last one on the facial symptoms would be a yellowy tinge to your skin this could be due to a serious medical problem like jaundice children sometimes have this when they're born or it could be due to a health issue complication in adulthood there's a syndrome called gilbert syndrome which is a mild liver disorder i think it's genetic as well which the liver doesn't break down a compound called bilirubin properly and bilirubin has a yellow pigment it's a byproduct of red blood cell creation so that could be another reason too if you notice family members having this bearing in mind that certain ethnic groups and skin colors um, are a little bit yellowy so just if it's something that you've always had it may not be an issue at all it may just be how you're, you're designed but it, if you've noticed it's um, a new thing or people have been commenting saying your skin tone looks a little bit weird then it could be from my experience a poor conversion from beta carotene which is found in fruits and vegetables like squash and sweet potato and carrots a poor conversion of beta carotene into vitamin a retinol and what happens is these foods have a yellowy orange pigment and that builds up in the bloodstream because it's not being converted correctly and you end up with symptoms of low vitamin a and high levels of beta carotene which isn't beneficial so it's not a great thing and back in the day when carrot juice was a huge trend for health a lot of people had orange skin or the palms or the soles of the feet turned orange or the skin and around the mouth turned orange as well because of that and it's a common issue because a lot of people have a genetic mutation where they just can't convert plant-based vitamin a into active vitamin a affects a lot of the population i can't think of the number right now but the conversion rate can be as low as 0.5 percent which is crazy so i get my vitamin a from things like cod liver oil and organ meats if you're pregnant then speak to your practitioner you don't want to be doing tons of those things but it is still important okay moving on to tongue health so i love seeing people's re uh, reactions when i ask them to stick out their tongue in a consultation and show me what's going on inside of the mouth people are a little bit like oh my god a bit concerned but it really does tell me a lot remember your tongue's like an organ it's a, a muscle that's involved in digestion so if there's issues on the tongue you can probably guess that there's issues internally as well starting off with the color the color is really important so that's the first thing that i look at and if it's very pale it can be due to anemia so iron deficiency anemia or b vitamin anemia with folate or it could be in chinese medicine terms a blood deficiency so that doesn't mean that you don't have enough blood it just means that your blood's not robust and it doesn't have the the building blocks that it needs to function optimally for oxygenation and um, all of these things and i commonly see a pale tongue with individuals who have amenorrhea missing periods or fatigue fertility issues like infertility and digestive issues as well so you want to optimize definitely check things like iron first and b12 and see where you're at with that if you're eating them it could be that you're not absorbing them correctly so that's where digestion can also come in 
if your tongue's really red, deep red, or like a purpley colour, that would indicate more stagnation and more excess in the body or toxicity. So really high stress levels or food sensitivities or infection in the body, high blood pressure, high blood sugar. So either spectrum is bad. It should be a nice pinky colour, um, pretty healthy looking, and it shouldn't be either of those extremes. Onto the appearance of the tongue. So down the centre of the tongue, if there's a huge deep crack, that is not a good thing. And when people think of tongues or they draw a tongue, they often draw that line down the middle, but it's not it's not an, a normal thing. The tongue should be smooth all over. If you have that, again, Chinese medicine terms, you would have a yin deficiency in your stomach, digestive issues like low stomach acid in particular, or dysbiosis, so an imbalance of good and bad bacteria, but also dehydration. So again, you may be one of those people who drink all the water and don't benefit from it, or you drink a lot of caffeine and that's just dehydrating to you. You don't have the correct mineral balance. Very important. And if that is the case for you, and then working on those things that I mentioned earlier, optimizing gut health, considering supplementing with hydrochloric acid for a short period of time. And I have a guide on my website on how to do that correctly and safely. Just make sure you've ruled out H. pylori, stomach ulcers, and gastritis first before doing that and take it really slowly. Scalloped edges of the tongue. So if you stick out your tongue and you imagine like a, a wavy edge around the outside or like a, a scalloped edge, the, the sides of your tongue represent your liver and your gallbladder. And when it's scalloped like that, it's because your tongue's actually a little bit enlarged. It's a little bit too big for your mouth and it's pushing against your teeth. And that's what caused that wavy edge. This would indicate to me low thyroid function because everything kind of slows down, liver detoxification, gallbladder function can be a little bit impaired as well with low thyroid. B vitamin deficiency, um, poor detoxification, so you don't have the correct building blocks or you just have too many toxins coming in and your liver and gallbladder can't keep up. Those with gallbladder dysfunction, so they've had it removed, or the estrogen dominant, so they have sludgy, thick bile rather than a nice, thin, healthy bile. Or Chinese medicine would consider a qi or a qi deficiency, just means you're pretty depleted in all of those areas as well. So working on thyroid function, restoring B vitamins and supporting detoxification with things like amino acids from high quality protein, methylated or active B vitamins in good amounts, herbs and nutrients like milk thistle, dandelion, nettle, burdock, Choline is another one that's helpful for liver detoxification, looking into those things. A thick coating on the tongue, a thick white or a thick yellow coating, could indicate dampness in the body. We should have a slight thin coating. It's pretty normal. It should be pretty translucent, not like a moss that you need to scrape off every day. Nearer to the back, if you had a coating just at the back, this would indicate kidney and, and bladder issues in Chinese medicine. Bear in mind that in Chinese medicine, the organs don't exactly mean what they say. So it can indicate different things, but I won't get into that now. Um, gut health could also be implicated too. And damp heat in the body. So high stress, overworked adrenal glands. Need to pay attention to that. 
also so my recommendation would be to do tongue scraping to get it off because if you're swallowing that first thing in the morning it's just going to recirculate all of those toxins so good oral hygiene can help tongue scraping every day with a stainless steel tongue scraper using oil pulling if you're open to it just while you're getting ready in the morning putting a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of sesame or coconut oil into your mouth and dragging it in and out through your teeth keeping it in there for a good 10-15 minutes while you shower or you get ready you do your makeup and then spit it in the bin don't spit it down the sink or the drain because it will harden and clog your drains which isn't good and then things like um mouthwash that's non-toxic and a good toothpaste that's fluoride and sls free i personally like the brand aloe dent which you can get i think in the us and the uk i like that brand um and yeah working on stress so adrenal health and slowing down and resting more all important just for general health but definitely this thick coating and check your gut for infections with things like candida as well because that could spread systemically if someone sticks out their tongue and it's tremoring like crazy and it's shaking this is likely due to low magnesium levels and we've been through that so it can cause digestive cramps and eye twitches but a shaky tongue is huge so restoring magnesium with a supplement or epsom salt baths magnesium oil spray not in the mouth but on the body and you should feel benefit from that as well magnesium rich foods not overworking sleeping a red tip the tip is related to cardiovascular system and redness indicates heat and inflammation in the body also if you pull back your tongue so if you like bite down i'm going to do it on the youtube video so if you're if you're just listening apologies but you can see you kind of curl your tongue up and bite down a little bit if the veins underneath are red and swollen and inflamed and even like purpley bluish this can be caused by um, a lot of inflammation in the digestive, in the cardiovascular tract and inflammation as well. Cardiovascular heat and inflammation could also be due to just chronic stress, lack of sleep, repressed emotions, particularly anger, too much worrying, too much thinking, and quote, not getting things off your chest. So this is where the spiritual, emotional, energetic side comes in, which I love. So working on Reducing high blood sugar and high blood pressure, managing stress, so doing more restorative exercises, yoga, meditation, walking in nature, an anti-inflammatory diet with lots of cooling herbs and foods like coconut and cucumber and coriander, fresh parsley, and maybe some vegetable juices could come in helpful as well. Checking your B vitamin levels and that homocysteine levels aren't high as well because that's a, a big marker for cardiovascular risk. Cholesterol, um, not so much. It's a certain type of cholesterol that's the issue. So just working on inflammation would be the key here. And the, the stress management side of things with not having too much on your plate, delegating tasks, talking about your emotions. I think that's why men sometimes struggle more with cardiovascular issues and heart disease and heart, heart attacks. It's because they're not as good as, um, at doing these things as women are. But that's just a, one of my theories. Last two in the mouth would be um, mouth ulcers or canker sores that 
that's sometimes referred to as in the US, commonly due to food sensitivities and food allergies. It could be completely different. Most common allergies being gluten and dairy, but there's a condition called oral allergy syndrome where there's healthy fruits and vegetables like apples that people react negatively to. So you can do a Google search of the foods and if you notice some certain foods make your ulcers worse or you just get a tingly tongue or a little bit of mouth swelling, that could be why. If you do have a lot of sensitivities or allergies, then work on gut health and immune balance in the body. Maybe do a stool test to see what's going on. Maybe um, look at vitamin D levels as well to make sure you're not depleted in key immune supportive nutrients. And nutrient deficiencies alone can also cause mouth ulcers, B12, iron, folate, which is vitamin B9 being the most common. We see these in a lot of different symptoms I've mentioned, B12, iron and folate. They're very important for thousands of different reactions in the body. And a lot of people are deficient, sometimes because they're not eating enough of these foods, um, these nutrients in their diet. People are heading more towards a plant-based diet, which I'm not a huge fan of for this reason. Um, and it could be poor gut health and low stomach acid and all of these things are also affecting absorption. Last one is bleeding gums. It could be due to infection. Again, gum disease, periodontitis, or go to your dentist. I recommend working mainly with a holistic or biological dentist. And I have a podcast episode with Oliver Barnett from the London Clinic of Nutrition. We talk all about dental health on there. I think it's the one before or the one before that on the podcast 49, I think, if I remember. So go and check that out if you haven't already. Dental health is so key for the rest of your body. If you have issues in your mouth and you're swallowing litres of saliva every day, that's going to constantly reinfect and keep the this whole system inflamed. So if you have issues in your foot, you don't typically think of issues in your mouth, but it all needs to be looked into. And it's a piece of the puzzle which could be a factor. Vitamin C is a huge driver of bleeding gums because vitamin C is important for capillary and tissue integrity and repair. So if you're lacking in this key vitamin, you could have um, spider veins, you could have bleeding gums, you could cut yourself and it doesn't heal quickly. You could be prone to infections and illnesses because it's so involved in the immune system. Food-wise, foods rich in vitamin C would be things like bell peppers or red peppers, um, citrus, broccoli, spinach, and you could also supplements as well. I personally like liposomal vitamin C, just better absorbed, or a whole food state vitamin C with things like acerola cherry, rose hip. Um, I love those as well. Nails, so onto nail health. Again, if you're wearing um, acrylics or nail polish you're not going to notice that and if you do those things please be aware of the the negative health effects you don't have to be really strict about it and never paint your nails again but if you're doing, if you're doing it consistently and you're struggling with health issues I would just quit it for a period of time until you're feeling better because some of the toxins and the chemicals that they use can be pretty harmful particularly to fertility and um, hormonal health so nail health, rather than just masking them, you want to actually take a good look at your nails regularly and see what's going on. Starting with inflamed cuticles, so the kind of the area around the nail bed, the skin, 
or you have a lot of wicks which are like the um i don't know another word but they're like the little bits of skin that you get poking out and some people pick at them obviously biting and picking and infections in that area will cause redness and swelling but i tend to see an essential fatty acid deficiency causing this essential fatty acids being epa and dha from omega-3s and not the plant versions because they're the um they're not converted well into the active forms so things like flax and chia do have small amounts but they're not they don't contain the epa and dha that fish oil do so whether you take a liquid fish oil or a supplement version cod liver or you have just fish regulating your diet from a high quality source um, i prefer wild caught fish like salmon if you're dealing with histamine related issues then buy frozen or really fresh because that helps you tolerate that a little bit more also viral and parasitic infections can cause issues with the nail bed as well so if you've ruled out a poor vitamin um, a poor omega-3 level and you still have this quite regularly and you could do something like a some further testing to figure out if a chronic infection is driving that vertical ridges it can be pretty normal to have some fine lines that you can see under certain lights and as you get aged as well this tends to be a little bit more prominent but if you see deep ridges so if you run your finger across your nail and you either see or feel bumps and ridges on your nail this is due to poor circulation and this could be because of poor digestion low thyroid and nutrient deficiencies so let's go through all of those one by one if your thyroid's underactive we need to check that and see um because the turnover of skin cells and proteins can be slowed down and that can just affect how your how quickly your nail grows or how quickly things turn over that could be the reason why low stomach acid because you need minerals and amino acids to build your nails so you could be eating a really healthy diet but if you have low stomach acid you don't have a strong enough fire in your gut to absorb and cleave off some of those nutrients to build her skin and nails poor digestion comes alongside of that and nutrient deficiencies particularly b vitamins minerals and proteins and amino acids white spots on the nails can be due to zinc deficiency so if you see they're sometimes called milk spots as well you can get them on your teeth and your nails and this could be due to zinc low zinc levels as i mentioned and or high levels of heavy metals because when you're deficient in minerals you tend to uptake more heavy metals because they look pretty similar and your body's searching for something that looks like zinc and it sees cadmium or another heavy metal like arsenic and thinks that looks similar i'm going to absorb more of that so i'm not deficient anymore but that's the that's the negative effects of um heavy metals and they have a whole host of problems in the body the poisons to enzymes definitely check out wendy myers and my podcast from a few weeks ago she talked she's the queen of heavy metals so you can look at that and i like to use a her tissue mineral analysis to investigate heavy metal levels in the body it's not perfect there are other tests like stool test but i personally love that one because it gives me an insight into the minerals and the heavy metals so anyone with her skin and nail issues it's a perfect test to get started with and it could also be due to damage the white spots if you've trapped your nail in a car door or something that could be why it just damages the nail a little bit 
and in some cases low magnesium as well but not as common most commonly tends to be zinc and whenever I stop supplementing with zinc because I forget or I just miss it some months I'm just chronically low in zinc um, for genetic reasons I think and I notice that's one of my first signs that I start to get the white spots on my nails so that's a key factor for me and whenever I start supplementing they clear up so it's a good sign brittle nails so if you grow them and they snap and they're constantly peeling and um, you catch them on something and they rip off really easily it could be due to again in Chinese medicine thoughts a blood deficiency so all of those things like a pale tongue you could just be depleted in iron and other B vitamins as well other nutrients like biotin which is an important one for her skin and nails it's not the cure-all like some people think it is like just take a biotin supplement and all of your problems will be healed absolutely not there are so many other factors involved so it really infuriates me when people just turn to a biotin supplement when they're dealing with issues in excess levels it can actually cause acne so i'm definitely not a fan and prefer to use it in a complex of b vitamins another nutrient is sulfur sulfur is really important and the episode before this with um, dr greg nye he talks all about sulfur, so please go and listen to that one if you haven't already as well. And sulfur is found in um, certain foods like red meat and egg yolks, kale, garlic and onions. And you could be eating enough, you may not be absorbing it, you may be not metabolizing it well. So that episode covers that. You may have low hydrochloric acid levels and not absorbing the amino acids and minerals that are needed for healthy nail growth poor gut health, low thyroid function. So we've seen some commonalities here with a lot of the same things cropping up. Thickened nails could be due to a fungal infection. So if you have like one or two nails that are growing really thick, maybe there's a slight yellowy tinge colour as well. It's often due to a fungal infection and can sometimes be due to previous trauma to the nail. So I remember a cricket ball once hit my thumbnail and it fell off completely. And then it grew back and it's always been a little bit thicker. And people who run marathons and do a lot of running, the toenails tend to be thicker because of the constant impacts and trauma to them as well. But if it's a fungal infection, look into the internal health, making sure that there's no fungal or parasites or yeast overgrowth inside, else you're never going to fully overcome the external and nail issue. Could be localised, so it could just be localised to the nail bed. If you're into swimming or you are in changing rooms a lot and picking up fungal infections and fungal athlete's foot. But you can do some topical treatments with essential oils and apple cider vinegar and coconut oil. Again, there's plenty of recipes and things online for fungal nail, homemade fungal nail um, remedies. Spoon-shaped nails can be due to iron deficiency anemia when it gets quite severe. So I've not seen this very commonly but it's when the nail bed at the end comes up a little bit it's like a little um, ski slope or a little um, spoon shape and as I mentioned it's due to quite severe iron deficiency anemia so please go and get that checked out if it's the case for you you're probably experiencing other things like fatigue and feeling out of breath just from walking up the stairs you may be quite pale and exhausted so please check that one out and the last one being um, no lunars on the nails so this is like a little half moon that you can see usually you can see it really clearly on the thumbnail 
the near the nail bed near the cuticle there's like a little lighter moon shape and this is really important so you should see this on every nail you might need to push your cuticles back a little bit to see fully if you don't see them just make sure your hands are warm because they may not have enough circulation or blood flow but this is a sign of cellular health if it's not present if you only have a few or you don't have any then you probably have poor cellular health and communication which could be due to nutrient deficiencies or thyroid issues or mineral imbalances and weak digestive fire is a huge one as well so low stomach acid just poor enzyme production maybe some infections in the gut and also check your thyroid as well so how interesting is that i love going through all of these if you want to learn more i like i said i could go on for days with all of these and i hope i wasn't too confusing with my explanations it's hard if you're listening but i hope you found that easy to follow if you'd like to hear more about other signs like bumpy skin on the back of your arms and what that could mean or dark patches in the folds of your skin like your arm armpits or neck or groin maybe you have skin tags maybe you have pins and needles or electric shock feelings on your body maybe you have floaters in your eyes and you want to know what all of these are caused by the doctor has no idea let me know if you want me to do another part two episode if there's any symptom that you want to ask about and you want to know if there's a connection send me an instagram dm if you want me to go ahead with another part two let me know on instagram or send me an email next week i'm really excited that i'm talking to andy mance from the company blue blocks we're talking about the importance of circadian rhythm and the importance of um, blocking blue light and different types of spectrum of blue light and how you can block that in the evening with glasses and technology i'm really excited for that one personally and i'm sure that you'll enjoy it as well so i'll see you then thank you for listening to another episode of the hormones in harmony podcast if you like this episode please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances as a massive thank you gift i'll send you a free guide six steps to hormonal harmony all you need to do is screenshot your rating and review then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.